welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Haller. And now we have been waiting for about three years to find the right PR person and really to line up this PR person. Uh, and we have her today. PR is one of the things that I know all of you want to know more about. And we at Proudmouth don't feel like we actually have uh, the experience, unlike our guest today, to really walk you through the three major things that you all want to know about PR. Number one is what is PR today? Because that's changed a lot since I've been in this business. Number two, is it fiercely expensive? Because I think a lot of people have those. And then number three, um, you know, what are some of the tips and tricks that Meg is going to be able to share with us today to help you start your own PR journey? So Meg Carpenter is our uh, guest today. Here's the deal. She's the CEO and co-founder of FICOM and one of the people that I have consistently leaned on to learn about public relations, what PR is, and especially how advisors can use it. So Meg, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm psyched to be here. All right. Well, I just teed you up for what the show is going to be about. So, you know, you can kind of have that in your hip pocket and six shooter me with that, whatever you want. But I want everybody to find out a little bit about kind of how you got to where you are, you know, as a CEO of really the largest PR company in financial services, what you've built is unbelievable. Your name is known with every major RIA, every product person, Black Rocks, all of the big companies, they know who you are, they go to you. And this was, this was a lot by design right? This was your journey. So tell us a little bit about that, please. Gosh, thank you. That's very nice. Um, I have, I've worked in this industry my entire career, actually. So I started as an intern for John Hancock Financial Network, and I grew up in the insurance broker dealer world. I had this amazing opportunity as a young professional to work alongside advisors and sort of help their parent company or their general agency sort of figure out how to provide them with value-added marketing support. So as a young, you know, female professional in this industry, I just had such a tremendous opportunity to work alongside financial advisors. And that helped me to develop my philosophy that I carry forward today. And in my late 20s, um, I got to a place where I was able, I was considered to become a John a Hancock general agent. Um, it also came at the same time where I was going through like a pretty significant health crisis. So I took a step back and I thought, okay, I'm turning 30 next year. Like, what do I want out of my life? Where do I want to spend my time? How do I want to spend my time? What type of impact do I want to make? And at that moment in my life, I decided to sort of embark on the entrepreneurial journey. And over 10 years later, I've never looked back. So started FICOM Partners, um, like I said, 10 years ago. Uh, today, we are a PR and marketing firm. We do work within the independent wealth management space. You're very kind to say that we're one of the largest in financial services. That's probably not true when you look at some of the global agencies, but I'm super proud of the reputation that we have within the independent wealth management space. We work with advisors, national RIAs, wealth management platforms, and some of those large global financial institutions that distribute through wealth management industry. And our goal every day here at FICOM is to help our clients to build better businesses and to grow faster through what we call new school marketing and PR. And we're going to dive into that new school marketing PR in just a second. 
but but I'm going to push back a little bit because one of the reasons why I did say that is because you specialize in working in this niche, much like us, right? I mean, you could very well, and I know that you've been approached, we've talked about this before, outside people who want to work with you because they love the personality of the firm and all the great stuff that you guys offer. Uh, but you guys have really stayed in your lane, much like we have with working with financial services professionals. And so, and, and you guys really do. I, I know you hear it. Uh, I love going to conferences. And, you know, when people ask me about PR and I say, you know, hey, you know, there's there's two companies that we recommend. FICOM is number one. And they're always like, oh, my God, I've heard of them. Do you know them? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of know them. They're kind of cool. So anyway, uh, that's really, really awesome. So you guys have an absolutely fantastic reputation. But let's talk about new school PR. What does this mean? Because PR has fundamentally changed even within the 10 years uh, that you've been, you know, the co-founder and CEO of FICOM. It's changed dramatically, Matt. So like we can definitely talk about that. First, let me define new school because I think that that's important. Um, we believe that the new school is a mindset. It's sort of our worldview and our belief system here at FICOM. And it's really about bringing vulnerability and authenticity to an otherwise like very old school world of financial services. So when you think about you know, going to a financial advisor's website and seeing compasses and sailboats and all blue colors and a lot of jargon and overly professional language, suits and ties. Like to us, that feels very unapproachable. It feels really difficult to connect to. And so we sort of, we talk a lot about the new school mindset because we really believe that as an industry, there's this tremendous opportunity to connect with people in a much more human and much more meaningful way if we can all just like bring a certain level of vulnerability and authenticity to how we talk to people and how we speak to people. And I know that Matt, like you've been, cause you've been on our podcast, which is also called the new school. You've been on a journey throughout your career. Like I've been throughout my career. I think one thing we have in common is that we feel today really aligned, like with ourselves, right? Like we show up at work in the same way that we show up in our personal lives and we have a lot of alignment between our vision and values. And so that new school mindset is like first and foremost, what's most important. It's exhausting to put on all of the different masks and different situations. And, uh, you know, that's the way it was. I remember my grandmother sitting me down when I was really, really young and she would say, this is how you act here. This is how you act here. This is how you act here. And even at home, this is how you act when you're with your grandparents and with your friends. And she was like, there's these, all of these lines and it was exhausting. And then on top of that, I love the vulnerability. And this is one of the reasons why I love the idea of new school. And I love what you guys are doing over there because people want to have a real relationship with their experts and the only way that that'll happen is if you kind of lift the hood a little bit and show them, you know, the, the soft, chewy center, that's really, really important. And you've experienced this and we've experienced this in the world of podcasting that then people are attracted to you. Then they come up to you and, and Meg, I know you experience this all the time. People come up to you at a conference and they're like, oh my God, I get to meet you. I feel like I know you because... I followed you on social and I listened to your podcast and you do the same thing for advisors. So let's, let's break down the, the new school PR just a little bit more with that soft squishy center. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, when we think about the new school being about creating better, more meaningful human connection, then you apply that to PR. So PR is often misunderstood in the industry. First of all, it stands for public relations. Most people think of PR as press release, but PR stands for public relations. And it's really about creating influence through the media. 
We love PR as sort of a marketing lever that you can pull because of its ability to help to generate credibility. When you're seen as an expert source in a trusted publication, it goes a really long way to helping you know your potential buyer or your existing client or your strategic partners to just have a lot of confidence. So if you're quoted in Barron's as an example, that does a lot for your credibility factor. And so we love PR from that perspective. It's about creating credibility and influence through the media. Yeah, I, I just... I remember the first time that I was featured somewhere and just how everybody, like I was raised to, and it wasn't like an ego thing. It was just the reality. And, and so Dr. Robert Cialdini, who we talk about a lot on the show, who has actually the PhD in influence. One of the things that he talks about in order to really accelerate your influence quickly is that social proof. You guys can do that. Well, you do it in a lot of ways, and we're going to break that down even more. But especially if you get featured in Barron's or the Wall Street Journal or New York Times or those sorts of things, that's great social proof. But you have to have a consistent level of social proof. So can you talk a little bit more about how consistency is so important with PR? Yeah, consistency is so important with PR. <clears throat> and also, we have to keep in mind sort of like what today's landscape looks like from a media perspective. And you hinted at that earlier, Matt, which is when you and I got started in the industry, the media landscape was drastically different than what it is today. COVID really accelerated the change to media companies. And so what we're experiencing today is you have drastically reduced editorial staff People, these businesses, these media companies are really lean. We have people not reading as many physical papers and newspapers anymore. So there's a huge reliance on digital ad sales. And most media companies have now also turned into research businesses and event businesses. And so you just have to understand that sort of the, the PR game has changed because the one of the important people that you're playing the game with, which is the media, their economics have changed, their structure has changed. And so how we approach PR and the outcomes of PR have therefore changed. And so we have we think about PR today as like I said, it's one lever that you can pull from a marketing perspective. We do not believe that it should be the first lever that you should pull. And we also do not believe that it should be the only lever that you should pull. And so to your point, when you're thinking about consistency, if you're pulling the PR lever as part of your marketing strategy, you have to be consistently bringing out fresh insights, differentiated perspectives, and opinions, like real opinions to the media on a consistent basis. You have to be doing it through your social platforms because that's where the media goes to do their research and look for sources. And you have to just be doing it like a steady drumbeat proactively. And so that consistency can really play a huge, you know, factor in the outcomes. And then in addition to the consistency, like I said, it can't be the only lever that you're pulling. You have to have a really well thought out approach to, okay, let's say Matt, you're quoted in wealthmanagement.com. It's wonderful. And people who are reading the news that day and who got the wealthmanagement.com newsletter, they're going to read it. They're going to see it. They're going to remember your name. Your credibility factor is going to go up, but that's a limited pool of people. So you want to think about how are you putting that news across channels? How are you integrating it into your website, into your client communications, into your prospect communications, into your social media strategy? All of those things have to be taken into account in order for advisors today to benefit from like the full power of PR. 
And that's certainly different than what we experienced probably even three years ago. Yeah. Let's talk about cadence. So what sort of frequency do you find is uh, the best for the biggest bang for your buck when it comes to PR? You know, that's a great question. And we get that question. I'm sure you do too, about like podcasts and newsletters and everyone wants to know the exact formula. And I'm always that annoying or frustrating person. That's like, well, it depends, you know, which nobody ever wants to hear that, but that's the truth. You know, uh, marketing and PR is much more of an art than it is a science. Marketing is actually just one big experimentation. So you have to be willing to test. You have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to iterate, But I think that actually what's more important than frequency is what you're actually saying. I think that understanding what your platform is, like what's your belief? What do you want to talk to the media about? And recognizing that it can't be what everybody else is saying. You know, when someone comes to you and this, when let's say hypothetically, a journalist comes to you because the market is crashing and they're like, we need stories about the markets. We need stories about economy. You can't go back to them with a bland answer that like, frankly, they've heard probably a hundred times that day from other sources. Like you've got to be specific. You have to have an opinion. You have to be courageous and bold and say something different. And so I think the, what you say is much more important than how often you say it. Um, However, I mean, to the earlier point, you have to be doing it consistently So whether that's just every time you have a differentiated opinion, you make sure that you get it in front of the media, or perhaps it's aligned with a publishing schedule. Perhaps it's how often you publish your podcast, how how often you may publish a blog or commentary. You can, you can sort of align it all, but, but I think it's really about what you say that will determine your outcomes in a far greater way than how often you're saying it. Well, let's talk about cost, right? I remember when I was working at Peak with with the Carson team, uh, we had a couple of people who came and pitched PR. And I remember, I mean, now he had lofty PR goals, mind you, but I remember talking in meetings about how much money PR costs. And I think a lot of advisors shy away from doing any PR strategy because they think it's going to be cost prohibitive. What do you say to that? Yes. So we actually were probably one of those firms. We represented Carson for for many years. So Matt, help me understand like how I can best frame this for your listeners, because Carson is a totally different type of business than when I would, what I would say to an individual financial advisor. So help me understand like where you want me to go. So our ideal audience is going to be, you know, mid-size, you know, hundred to four or $500 million RIA. So, so how can answer it for them? How's that? Thank you. Yeah. So if you're thinking about the large businesses in the industry, Carson being a great example, that's a, that is a large business with very sophisticated and complex needs. And so when they're thinking about PR, that's going to be a six figure investment annually. And I think that advisors get caught up in like needing to do that because that's what the big players do and they don't. You do not, as a financial advisor in that market that you just described, you do not need to be paying $5,000, $7,500 a month to a PR agency. Now that's not black and white. There's always shades of gray. So there may be some advisors who fall within that threshold that do need a PR firm for whatever reason, that's going to cost that much money. But for the most part in what I experience and what I've observed and how we approach our work is that individual financial advisors that are sort of in that one to 500 million assets under management range, there are tools that are actually 
free that only are going to cost you your time. And your time is valuable. So I don't want to underplay that. And you can get scale and efficiency by working with a partner, but you don't have to. And so I always suggest like start small, learn, get better, and then decide what investment makes sense for your business. So at FICOM, part of our, we have one offering, which I know Proudmouth knows very well, which is our Amplify podcast offer. Very excited to be in partnership with Proudmouth. But part of our Amplify offer is getting amplification of your podcast through the media. And we do that through a partner of ours called Quoted, which is an AI platform that you can set up a profile on and you can pitch directly to the media through the platform. It's very smart and intelligent. It's very easy to use and it works. And it doesn't, the free version doesn't cost anything. And I think the premium version costs a couple hundred bucks a month. So it doesn't have to be a five or six figure investment. It just has to be, you have to determine, okay, why would I invest my time? If I'm just starting with my time, why am I investing my time in PR? What do I want to get out of it? Who am I doing it for? And what do I want to say to those people? And then you have to be really clear that that's why you're doing it. And that's what you're expecting to get out of it. And then you should put the appropriate investment behind it. But I would always say to individual advisors, just start small before you make an investment to work with a PR firm. If you get a ton of interest and you're like, wow, this, I like it. I like interacting with the media. They're coming, you know, they're coming to me instead of me now having to reach out. If you're putting it across channels and you're getting a lot of engagement, then I would say, yeah, it absolutely makes sense to work with a PR firm or a PR firm. So there's a lot of benefits to working with a professional PR firm who can take a lot of the, you know, um, manpower off your plate um, and really just boost the outcomes. But I, I typically wouldn't recommend starting there. Two things. Number one, one of the greatest pieces of professional training I ever got was from FICOM and their PR training. It was like a day and a half, something like that, two days where we practice things and learned how to talk in sound bites and figured out what our kind of UVP was and how we were going to do that. And my confidence level went through the roof. In fact, not long after, but actually I had left there, I was using those techniques and I ended up getting quoted multiple times in the Wall Street Journal because I paid so close attention to the training. So when, when you look at the investment, I want all of our lis listeners to understand this. When you look at the investment that you're making and working, when you get to that point of wanting to work with a PR company, that training is so unbelievably valuable and you can use it across all platforms. So there's number one, but number two, local media is dead, my friend. I mean, wh what do we do about that? Uh, there was a NPR story yesterday when I was, I don't remember where I was going. I don't drive much because you know, I work from home. I was freaking going somewhere and uh, they were talking about how these Anyway, just the landscape of local news, what what are you how do you help with that or what do we do about that? Yeah, I mean we there's three legs of the media stool. There's local news, there's national news, and then there's trade publications. And so in our space with financial advisors, of course you're looking for local news because you think my clients are local, they're reading I'm I'm in Orange County, LA, like LA Times, Orange County Business Journal, something like that. But the local newsrooms have just been completely decimated. It's, it's sad. Um, it's sort of unfortunate to watch as a fan of the media. And most of these 
local publications are covering like really high impact, like political stories, economic stories, sometimes op-ed, like those types of things. But as it, as it relates to small business news, it's really difficult um, to get any play through the local media. And they're often syndicating through the national media. So they're just syndicating stories that are written by the national media. So we always just want to set expectations, which is the local media is likely not going to pick up a story about if you hired a new advisor, if you brought on a new partner, if you're reaching significant milestones in your business, and it's not because they don't care, it's just because they don't have the bandwidth. And so we really think about how can you create a targeted media list that goes beyond local and expands to those national publications, or more importantly, like targeted niche publications that speak to your target market. And that's where we find like you're going to have much more success these days, because unfortunately, the local news, it's just... It's just not what it used to be. We uh, we just had something start here. I live in Kalamazoo, Michigan. It's called now Kalamazoo. And uh, this gentleman, uh, who I actually know him, is trying to create a model here in our mid-sized town that other towns will be able to replicate to bring news back. And uh, I subscribe to it. It's an absolutely fantastic thing because now I actually know what's going on in my town. And for those of you who are fiercely loyal to your cities, uh, things like that are, are really, really powerful. Longer term solution to a big problem that we have, which is, yeah, those newsrooms are gutted. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, and they used to be the biggest players in town, right? And they're not anymore. All right, well, we got to switch gears at the end of the show here because I want to talk about tips and tricks that our advisors can put into practice today. Uh, you already said one of them, so I'm going to have you repeat that. But some tips and tricks that you can help advisors do today, maybe three of them if possible, uh, so that as, you know they can start writing this stuff down. And as soon as they get done listening, they can take advantage. Yeah, so I think the first thing that I'd love for advisors to do is, is answer the question, why PR? So like answer the question, why would I invest my time? Why would I invest resources to going out to the media and trying to generate earned media? I think that that answering that question first and foremost will be, will give people a lot of clarity and confidence and okay, what do I expect my outcomes to be? If your expected outcome from engaging as NPR is lead gen, you're looking in the wrong spot. Because like I said, PR is about credibility and awareness. It's top of the funnel. Um, it's not middle of the funnel, which is where people consider your services or bottom of the funnel, which is where people go from considering your services to actually purchasing your services. So PR is very top of the funnel. So if you're looking for awareness and credibility, or if you're looking for a new avenue of content that gives you sort of that third-party validation, then that's where PR plays a really great role. So if that's why PR, then sort of move forward. The second thing that I would love for people to do is really to get clear on who they're speaking to. So to the point about the local you know, media being decimated, really what's happened is that resources have just shifted. So now what you have is this amazing influencer community where you've got bloggers, you've got people who have influence on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or YouTube. And those, you can get earned media. You can, you can develop relationships, you can pitch them your ideas, but you have to be really clear on who you're speaking to because influencers are very clear on who they're speaking to, as is the media, traditional media. So getting really clear and, and however you want to do it, you know, oftentimes people will create like an ideal client persona or they'll take their top, like most favorite client. If you could clone that client and then they're sort of create a picture from that clone. 
But getting really clear on who you're speaking to will help you to focus your efforts. It will help you focus on where do I, you know, where do I go? And and when I'm talking, like, who am I talking to? What change am I trying to create for a specific person? And then the third thing would be to get really focused on your messaging platform. So what are you saying? Is it differentiated? Is it compelling? Is it a fresh perspective? Is it opinionated? Is it a little bit contrarian? You know, what can you take out? So like, what's your platform? What's your thesis? Of course, you can expand upon that. You can take that in different directions to be talking about multiple topics. But at your core, I want you to have like, this is what I believe. So that's what I'm going to talk about. And so as an example, for me, it's new school, right? So I talk about things that are bringing vulnerability and authenticity to finance. I talk about that through the lens of marketing and PR, and that can go in a lot of different directions, but like at my heart, that's it, right? Like that's what gets me really passionate. And I know that it's differentiated and it's often contrarian when you think about how other marketers and PR practitioners approach this market. So get really clear. So like why PR, who, and what are you going to say? Like, those are the three things that would really set someone up for success. And the software AI thing? Quoted at Q-W-O-T-E-D. What about Haro? I mean, that was a big thing a while ago. Does that still exist at all? It does still exist. So Haro is H-A-R-O, which is help a reporter out. Um, it's sort of like an early, you know, first generation quoted or other platform. But on Haro, the media puts out, hey, I'm working on this story and I'm looking for sources. You are open to being one of sometimes a hundred people who respond to a Haro story, but it's a great free resource that you can use. Um, And I think that like, you might as well start there before you go bigger and think about making an investment to a PR agency. And like I said, that investment to a PR agency, because PR agencies adds tremendous value if it's what you need. And if it's going to drive to the business outcomes that you're looking for, but you should, you might as well get started with, you know, a free or very low cost version, test it out and see what happens. Now, Meg, my favorite question to ask is is the one that either people have prepared for or that they're not prepared for, uh, which is what question should I have asked you that I didn't? I mean, I think one good question would be like, does this actually work? And do you have an example? (laughs) Of how it works. <laughs> ah, that's a, yeah, bring it on. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think like there's so much we could talk about, right, Matt? And we want to get this out in like a short period of time. But like the reality is, is that new school PR is super exciting and there's a lot of potential. And I want to make sure that I'm not, that I'm encouraging people, that I'm not discouraging people. I just want to make sure that advisors go in like eyes wide open. But I think a really good example of this is, it's an example, is a guy named Ross Gerber His firm is Gerber Kawasaki. They're a Los Angeles-based RIA, and they're very, very forward-thinking from a marketing perspective. So they do all the things. But Ross, where he really, I think, wins from the marketing perspective is he's super active on social media, specifically on Twitter. He's highly opinionated. He's very, very smart. And a few, many years ago, he really doubled down on Tesla. So before Tesla was exciting and sexy and the thing that everyone wanted to talk about, which in today's market is debatable, but, you know, many, many years ago, he really went hard on, we're going all in on Tesla. We're investing in Tesla, talking about clean energy vehicles, all the things. And so he's developed this following on Twitter that includes the media. 
And so what that turned into was people in the media reaching out to him for commentary on Tesla and then ultimately commentary on all things in the market. He does investments. And so he's a great example of it was homegrown. They do work with a PR firm or they did work with a PR firm. I think today they're doing it themselves. But it was really his social media influence that led to the PR outcomes. And to me, like that's the new school mindset when it comes to PR is understand that the landscape has changed. Understand that you have to be opinionated. You have to be speaking to one person, but take more of like a digital first new school approach to how you're even get capturing attention, which today, a lot of the media, most all of the media goes to social for research. And so be, having an active profile will will really allow you to gain that credibility and third third party validation. And so if you go look at Ross's Twitter, um, you go to Gerber Kawasaki's website, you'll see all the media placements. That's because of what he puts on Twitter, not because of what his PR firm does. Now, his PR firm was able to really round it out, shape it, level up, um, expand the number of spokespeople at the firm, right? So like there was a lot of utility there, but most of it was because of Ross and how he took his opinion out on Twitter and they've grown exponentially in the last five years. You know, I love, I love the, 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 all, all of that, because those are things that advisors who are listening to this can do immediately, right? They can start becoming much more active on their social media, uh, understanding compliance. Uh, everybody needs to pay attention to that. But, uh, you know, the other thing that I absolutely think is, is, is vital here is, it's all about the social proof. And I, I can't stress that enough. What, what Meg has been saying over and over again is it's the consistency of being where your ideal clients and prospects are with the communication and the, the knowledge and your opinions, right? That could be contrarian that are going to talk to that specific audience. That is so vital and so important. And, and we just support that 100%. And, and so I, by the time this podcast comes out, our press release will have already come out. So I'm just going to say that because I, I I kind of know the release schedule. But uh, so we've got pretty big news here that we're actually going to be partnering together in 23 and hopefully many, many years to come. Uh, so everybody, I just want you guys to know that uh, we've learned so much from Megan, from Candice, about what they've been doing with podcasting, with their program. Uh, we're going to be partnering with them and basically pulling up right alongside of them. Uh, they're going to be helping us with a lot of the onboarding, the creative stuff at the beginning because they're experts at it. Uh, and then we're also going to be, after an advisor has been podcasting for a bit, telling our clients to get into this Amplify program that they've built because we don't do that. And that's not, that's not our unique ability. We're staying in our lane. We hand it off to trusted partners like you guys. We're so excited. And by the way, we're so honored uh, to be able to work with you guys because you know, this is kind of a big deal. Uh, and I'm quoting you directly. This is the first end-to-end -end podcasting solution. Uh, there's been people who started it and people who've finished it, but now we've got a complete uh, and actual from beginning to end. We're honored, Matt. I mean, we're the ones who feel like this is such a great privilege. Proudmouth has built the number one podcasting production solution for advisors. We know that. We've followed you. We're huge fans. And so to be able to bring this together and really think about how can we create that end-to-end -end solution is so exciting for us. And it's I think it's the end-to-end -end solution, but it's also like the driving towards real business results. Because in today's day and age, everyone can have a podcast, just like everyone can have a blog. That doesn't mean that it's going to be good. That doesn't mean that it's going to drive to the business results. And so I think what Proudmouth has always believed in is the same as what Ficom has always believed in, which is if we're going to do something, we're going to make it 
the best. We're going to make it award-winning. We're going to help advisors grow the businesses of their dreams. We're going to help them achieve the transformation that they want in their personal and professional lives. And so I think that our synergies and sort of how we approach things philosophically are super exciting for us. And so it is, it's the end-to-end solution, but it's really driving towards transformation and growth. And I couldn't be happier to be bringing that to market in early 2023. I also cannot believe that it's 2023. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we went in like freaking time war, but some, somebody said, well, didn't that just happen? I was like, that was like three years ago. Like, oh my God, you gotta be kidding me. That's three years ago. Anyway, Candace, you were awesome. Thank you so much for being such a great guest on the show. Thank you for giving everybody those wonderful tips. Uh, remember everybody, you if you don't know what you're going to say, don't try to say it to anybody, uh, especially in the world of PR, because sometimes you get one at bat. And if you get up there and you suck, try not to suck. Try to be great with your message. Get it honed in. Get it ready. Practice, practice, practice. Because media, especially PR, at some of the levels that we talked about today, is actually freaking game time. This is like professional league stuff. And you better have that level of professionalism. And do you want to know more about how you can start your own podcast without actually having to pay anybody really any amount of money at all? Join our Pod Rocket Academy for free. We'd be more than happy to help you start your podcast. And then after you realize that you need some help, then Meg and I will be able to to help you uh, pick up your podcast pieces and help you get even better. So for Meg and everybody at FICOM, this is Matt Haller, and we'll see you at the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.